it's almost like, and I read between the lines quite a bit, it's almost like you're, you're hearing some people say, well, Jesus, Jesus didn't return like great-grandpappy said. He didn't return like grandpappy said. He didn't return like pappy said. He didn't return today. Uh, so I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust as always that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We've been in a series for the last several weeks, different parts, same series, uh, out of the book of Ezra. We're going to continue on with that tonight. If you're keeping up with it, this is part three, the first part. Also, if you're keeping up with it, most of our messages are divided into uh, two-part segments for New Life Telecast. Here's something I want you to know and understand. God has forewarned us about the way time will wind down. Let me do that again. God has forewarned us about the way time will wind down. It's very specific about it in His Word. Now, if you do not accept the Bible as a Word of God, then you might just throw everything I just said out the window. But if you do accept it as the Word of God, as I do, and one of the reasons why I do is because of the prophetic utterances that are given to us in the Bible. In other words, God said centuries ago, I'm going to do a certain thing at a certain time, a certain way, and it happens. That's phenomenal to me. And it just confirms and validates the Word of God. There's many things that He has said to us that will take place that haven't yet taken place. And because of the things that have taken place, it gives me great courage to know, great hope to know, that these other things in time will come to pass, just as the Lord said. I want to read one passage in your hearing. Obviously, our text for this series out of Ezra is Ezra. But I want to read an additional passage for you from the book of Revelation, chapter 22. Very last chapter of the New Testament, and it just reinforces what we're talking about. And we'll get to it in the message here in just a moment. Revelation, chapter 22. Look at the first part of verse number 12. It says this, Behold, I am coming soon. Jesus Christ speaking, Behold, I am coming soon soon. Then listen to verse 13. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, that is the beginning and the end. He adds the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every last person that's turned on this telecast, and I pray by your word that you would speak to their hearts, speak to their condition. And Lord, we'll be careful to praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. As we get into this, if you have yet to establish a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, I trust you'll be convicted in your heart and convinced in your heart that that is something that you need to do. You be blessed as we share with you this teaching titled Ezra. 
I've been attempting to lay a foundation for a very important and timely message, and we will get to that eventually, the Lord willing. Said that to say this, there are some events taking shape, not only in our own country, the good old U.S. of A., but around the globe that point to the imminent return of Christ. Now, I know the skeptics. They say, ah, oh, my great-grandpa talked about Jesus coming back, my grandpa, my pappy, and on and on and on. And preacher, here you are still, still beating that. Listen, beloved, there are things that have happened since 1948 in the world, i.e. Israel coming back to their land, being recognized as a nation, and many, 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 many other things that I am not going to go into this morning that really point to the imminent return or the soon return of Christ. Now, before that time convenes, which, by the way, will be a slow, steady process, an inch by inch, systematic, day by day, series of God-ordained events, it will then be, then and only, be punctuated with some catastrophic conclusions. It's my opinion that a lot of people read through the Revelation and they just pick out these catastrophic conclusions without realizing what is leading up to that. Number one on your study notes, beloved, God has forewarned us. He has warned us in advance beginning centuries ago about the exact time that time will wind down in order to usher in his eternal kingdom. One of the reasons I pointed out to you in our Revelation reading this morning about the exact day, hour, time, that all has been pinpointed by God. As early as Genesis chapter 3, and that's pretty early in the narrative, amen? Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we have what is often referenced as the proto-evangelium. What a fancy word, which really means the first gospel, a partial unveiling of God's plan of salvation. Look at that with me, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 from the contemporary English version. Let me remind you, God is speaking to Satan. I want to emphasize to you, God is real. And God does not talk to something that's just not out there. Amen? Satan is real as well. God's talking to him. And here's what he says. You and this woman, Eve, will hate each other. Your descendants and hers will always be enemies. One of hers will strike you on the head. And you will, one version says, only strike him on the hill. Again, the Proto-Evangelium, the early references, one of the early references to a prophetic statement about Jesus. There is also this well-known scarlet thread that is woven intricately throughout the Old Testament connecting Messianic prophecies, one after the other, prophecies about the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. Genesis 22 and 18 tells us that through 
Abraham's offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. We believe, the followers of Christ believe, that Jesus is the fulfillment of that particular promise. Part of that thread, that, what did I call that just a few months, that uh, scarlet thread, part of that thread meanders through Isaiah chapter 7. Listen to verse 14 of Isaiah chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin, Mary, will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means with us is God. And that prophecy points to the divinity of Jesus. Are you still with me? Now listen, Jesus is the beginning of Bible prophecy and likewise the conclusion of Bible prophecy. Listen again to Revelation, Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. The first part of that verse, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Soon, verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The revelation, the revelation serves as a giant period on all things apocryphal, highlighting and detailing every purposed sequence that God has designed. Now, watch this. Persons differ on what I'm about to tell you, but I want to suggest to you the revelation is not put in, put forth in order to leave us hopelessly scared out of our wits. And when I read for you from the revelation on Sunday morning, our opening uh, verses, our opening passage, I'm not doing that to scare anybody by any means. It is rather, the revelation is rather, in my view, a gracious preview put forth from the merciful God of creation to call and influence thinking men and women. What kind of men and women? Thinking men and women to be sober-minded regarding the brevity of our time in this present existence. Have you considered lately the brevity of our time in this present existence? I never shall forget sitting in the home of Oshi Sewell, O-C-I-A, OSHA. It's a lady that attended the first church I pastored full-time, Pleasant View Friends Church. She was in her 80s. I was all of 22, 23 years old. Yes, pastoring a church full-time. And we were carrying on a conversation. And she said to me, you know, life just flies by. Why, it seems like just yesterday I was your age. And I'm thinking, are you serious? You're 80. Well, now that I'm almost 80, I'm telling you, it goes by fast. The brevity of life is sobering when you really stop and think about it. Consider this truth from the New Testament. You can find it in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27. One of the most encouraging verses in all of the Bible. And it says this, it is destined for people to die. Pastor, I shaved my legs and come out this morning for you to tell me I'm going to die. Most persons are of the conviction, I know I'm going to die. 
People say it to me all the time. I know I'm going to die, but not today. I know I'm going to die, but not today. To which I might inquire whether I say it out loud or not. The older I get, the more emboldened I am to ask them upon what do they base their theory about their longevity. What do you base that theory on? Consider with me something that is often overlooked. The end of time in terms of revelation, in terms of prophecy, in terms of the cataclysmic events, these catastrophic events, that is, that's going to change everything that we know in terms of this world and, and the sky and the whole nine yards. All of that is only one consideration. You see, number two on your study notes says something like this. Every generation, which generation? Will you underline every? Every generation experiences the end of their time. Let me pause right there. Every generation experiences the end of their time. Now, we've been reading, we've been preaching about, we have been talking about Ezra for a number of weeks now. Let me ask you a very simple question. Where is Ezra? Where is Ezra? The Ezra of the Bible. Where is he? Well, I would like to go sit down and talk with him. I think he has a lot to say to us. Where is Ezra? Where is he today? And the answer to that question very simplistically is that his time has come and gone. It's true. Jesus has not returned yet. Let me do that again. This is a truth. Jesus has not returned yet. But earthly time for many has ceased to exist. Earthly time for my own great-grandparents, my paternal great-grandparents, my maternal great-grandparents. By the way, nobody can tell me who my paternal great-grandfather is. They don't know who he is. They don't know his name. They don't know where he's buried. But here's what we do know. He ain't here. His time has ended. Their time ended. Earthly time for my own grandparents, paternal and maternal, has concluded. My daddy's daddy at the age of 42, a couple of years before I was born, Loma Knighton arose one Sunday morning, and before sunset, the sun set upon his life. Forty-two years old, woke up feeling fine, and then went to sleep for all eternity. His time 
ended. Many of you would resonate with what I'm about to say, but earthly time for my own mother, which is still very difficult for me to process on occasion. But uh, mom, mama, uh, you can call yours whatever, but my, mom, my mother's name was mama. Mama's time has concluded, as well as a host of aunts and uncles and cousins who are much younger than I, and so on and so forth. Paul, whom I believe was the human instrument that gave us Hebrews, and he didn't just write down what he thought, he wrote down what he was inspired to write, and he said, it is destined for people to die, and history has proven the truth of that. Here's my point. I have been struck by, you ever been struck by something? I have been struck by the fact that many persons have mentally resolved that the only reason they need to prepare for eternity is just in case Jesus returns during their own earth span. It's almost like, and I read between the lines quite a bit, it's almost like you're, you're hearing some people say, well, Jesus, Jesus didn't return like great-grandpappy said. He did return like grandpappy said. He did return like pappy said. He did return today. Uh, so I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Which is usually chasing after their own agenda. Never taking into consideration that they are likely to depart earth long before that anticipated cataclysmic event we know as the end of time. Does any of that make sense to you? Are you following me? How many of you are really here this morning? Can I see your hand? Number three on your study notes. There's only going to be one generation that experiences the rapture and the second coming. And that would be the last generation. No pun intended. The last generation. Ponder that. Now, along the trek toward the end of time, and every second puts us nearer, there are set times and seasons among every generation of persons to leave this present existence. Listen to Hebrews 11 and 13. Now, it's a faith chapter, and the, the real emphasis is the faith of those listed there. But I want to point out something else to you. All these people were still living by faith when they, say it with me, when they died. All of those people, faith-living, faith-loving people that ended up in the faith hall of fame, they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Faith. Look at this. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Have you admitted that yet? That you're an alien, you're a stranger on earth? Are you living like you're an alien and a stranger on earth? Or are you living like this is it? This is it. 
this life. They admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. The latter part of verse 16 of Hebrews 11 says, They were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And all of them, every one of them, their season faded. The writer of Chronicles, no doubt of Hebrew descent, established this. You can read in 1 Chronicles 29 and 15. For we are foreigners and strangers in your presence, as were all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow. I believe James picked up on this, echoed this exact sentiment in chapter 4 and verse 14. James asked the question, what is your life? And I love to put that before people. I ask myself this quite often. What is your life? And James answers it this way. Your life is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Poof. That's your life. Osha was right. Now, it sounds a little silly to mention this, but all, all, all the human characters introduced in the Bible, not only Ezra, but all of them are no longer with us. The exception would be God Almighty, His Son Jesus, Holy Spirit, who dwells mightily among us, and even Satan and his demonic cohort. But again, I want to emphasize to you all the human characters introduced, they're no longer with us. Number four on your study notes. Ezra was used mightily by God, and indeed he was. And then, according to the Jewish historian Josephus, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but a, histor or a historic uh, or a historian, Jewish historian Josephus, tells us that Ezra died. He was used mightily of God, and then he died. And Josephus tells us he was buried in Jerusalem. Other scholars would argue to you that he was buried in Babylon. But all of them agree that he was buried. And there's one prerequisite for burial 99.9% .9 of the time. Tell me what it is, church. You're dead. One scholar comments, and I quote, as students study the book of Ezra. They can learn about how the Lord enables his people to overcome opposition and accomplish his will. And that will be a theme of the final part of this series when we get there. That is a, a significant application, beloved. But I also want you to know and understand this. The observant ones that read through and study the book of Ezra can discern that Ezra's earthly journey concluded. Okay? Suffice it to say, for those chosen persons, and I'm thinking in particular of Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, that long list of persons, for those persons, and even those that did not make the list, they may not have witnessed the birth of Christ. They had to see it from afar, believing those messianic prophecies. Certainly they did not observe or witness the return of Christ, but death certainly did return for and gather them to the dreaded grave for them.
love we're going to cut in. We're going to jump in right there. And let me do so by saying this. Eternity, eternity, that which is beyond the grave is going to come for all of us sooner or later. Every one of us. Eternity has already come for a lot of people that I know and a lot of people that you know. They're in the grave. They've left us. They're no longer here. It seems like conversations I have with people, a lot of folks echo to me, hey, I'm going to take my chances and continue to serve myself, serve the devil, live a lifestyle of sin, take my chances on time going on for a long, long time. <laughs> That's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. Have you ever visited a cemetery? If you haven't, I encourage you to go at some point in time. As creepy as that sounds, you might think, ooh, man, alive, preacher, what in the world are you talking about? When you go into the cemetery, will you notice how small some of the graves are? What do I mean by that? Notice the birth date and the death date. Sometimes there's not a lot of span between those two. In other words, those people passed away very early. Some, even babes. And for those of you that have experienced that in your family, Oh, and I have had some experiences with that. I know how hard that is, and I'm not trying to rub that in your face. I'm just trying to get help you to understand that we have no guarantees in terms of longevity or how long we are going to remain in this present existence. So it behooves us to be ready when eternity comes. Not just the return of Christ, not just the end of time, but the end of time for us, the end of time as we know it in this present existence. If you haven't established a relationship with God the Father through His Son Jesus, I encourage you to do so. It's not a difficult process. I believe God deals with your heart. He dealt with mine. And we confess our sins. We repent of our sins. We open up our heart's door and invite Christ to come in to forgive us, to cleanse us and to take His rightful place within us, to come in by Holy Spirit to dwell within and to empower us to live out the life of following after or chasing after Jesus, what I refer to as a Jesus chaser. It's the born-again, Spirit-filled experience, and I trust that experience has been yours. Father, I pray for each one listening in. I pray specifically for this particular session if there's someone listening that has never had that born-again experience, that right now they'll pause, confess their sins, truly be made sorry for their sins, open up their heart's doors best they know how, and invite you to come in to be the Lord of their life and to dwell within them by your precious Holy Spirit. Father God, we pray that by your Spirit you would enable them to live out, to be, to be about your purpose each and every day for the rest of the days of their life. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, listen, if you've prayed such a prayer, made such a commitment, can you be encouraged to contact us? There's some contact information there on the screen. We would love to talk to you about that. We'd love to put some information in your hands that would be helpful to you in your newfound walk with Christ. And I'm not kidding. It won't cost you a thing. We're not going to put you on some kind of hit list. We just want to help you. That's why we're here. New Life Telecast, in one form or another, one station or another, has been involved in this ministry for almost 17 years. A lot of people have heard a lot of gospel here. 
and we would love to continue to hear from you. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I want to remind you that we have a regular schedule of activities each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, our morning worship celebration. Also, midweek activities Wednesday night. And if I would tell you about all the other activities going on here, it would go well beyond our time frame. There's a lot happening at New Life. We would love to have you if you do not have a place where you regularly, normally worship with God's people in God's church. I've got to get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?